Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. Shalom and welcome to Unstoppable Faith. This is uh, Dr. Kazumba Charles. Thank you so very much for joining us once again this week. We've had uh, a great, great feedbacks, emails, and we so appreciate all of you from around the world watching this program, listening to this program. It's a blessing and a privilege and an honor to bring you men and women of God on Unstoppable Faith who share their testimonies and their expertise and what the Lord has done. On today's program, I have uh, again, uh, once again, Melinda Easter Brooks. I welcome her back. We had uh, such a great time when she was here talking about uh, our show, Always Know. And uh, on today's program, we're going to focus on our personal uh, testimony. Let me tell you briefly about uh, Melinda. Melinda Easterbrooks, she is uh, the host and showrunner and executive producer of the women's talk show See, Hear, Love, a show and a community that values uh, storytelling, courage, inclusion, and faith in uh, Jesus. Melinda's passion through both our show and our new book, Always Know, is to create a safe space and authentic community for women and men to hear inspiring stories, ask tough questions, questions that cannot be asked, and share their journey so they can grow in their faith and understanding of Jesus Christ. Stay tuned, and I will be back with uh, Melinda Esther Brooks. So let me begin with this question here. Uh, your journey of faith has not been uh, an easy one. Please, uh, could you share with us about uh, your life journey? Well, thank you for that opportunity. Well, I was adopted out of the Abiertus House of Friendship at one week old. Uh, my birth mom was a teenager and found herself pregnant uh, with really no one uh, to support her and alone, uh, just outside of Manila, Philippines. And, you know, her family were from the Southern Philippines and had said, if you get yourself in any trouble, we don't want you to dishonor our name. And so she felt very isolated. And yet I'm so grateful for a friend of hers who told her about this Abiertus House of Friendship for single moms. And she carried me to term and had gave birth to me and, and left me at this hospital slash orphanage. And at that time, you know, Paul and Diane Estabrooks, who are my adoptive parents, were living in London, Ontario, Canada. They had two biological children of their own and they were living this like perfect Canadian life, successful, you know, mom was in, was a teacher, dad was working in uh, media and teaching and just a very comfortable, what, what I would say like Canadian life. And one day they were at a missions conference and they just felt the call of God to go to the Philippines to share the good news of Jesus over radio, over transmitter radio. 
And so they packed up their life and their kids and much to really the chagrin and, 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 and many people upset because why would you leave the comforts of what you have to go to a foreign place? And that was back in sort of the, the mid, uh, sort of mid, well, late 60s, early 70s. So they flew half across the world to the Philippines and experienced, you know, just saw, you know, the poverty and just saw the need of the people. And while they were there, uh, my adoptive mom had a miscarriage and they said, you know, this is a, such a loss and we're grieving it, but God, uh, what do you want to do in this situation? How can we make this, this moment of grief uh, redeemable? And at that point, uh, it came to them that they should adopt uh, a baby, a Filipino baby. And so they went to the Abiertas House of Friendship and they adopted the cutest, smartest <laughs> baby with the most potential. <laughs> uh, and that was me, yeah, four and a half pounds. Uh, I had no name. I was called Baby Adoracion. Adoracion named after uh, my birth mom, Dory. And then they named me Melinda in Spanish, my beautiful. And they gave me a new name. And, and it's a beautiful story uh, that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them adopting me, but I wouldn't be here if my birth mother had made a different decision. So I'm so grateful for that. So my whole life growing up was in Asia, in the Philippines. Uh, I knew so many, you know, people internationally. It was a rich, rich experience. Uh, my dad then transferred from Far East Broadcasting Company to an organization called Open Doors with Brother Andrew. We became smugglers of Bibles uh, to, into places like China and the former Soviet Union. So I witnessed the importance of scripture, uh, giving it to young children and people who just, you know, this is, this is like bread for us, life. So my whole upbringing was, I would say, beautiful and wonderful and rich. And then in late 80s, my dad got transferred to Canada, and that's when a lot of uh, struggle happened. I came in during the winter time, which when you're living in Asia and you come to winter in Canada, oh my. So that was a shock. Our whole family was in culture shock. And I think even more so I, I think, you know, going to school, I was one of two people of brown skin. For many of my schoolmates, I was the first uh, person they had met that was adopted, let alone with brown skin. And I immediately started feeling other and different. Uh, I started realizing like magazines and shows at that time didn't represent me. I realized that people were making stereotypical uh, discriminatory comments about me uh, of assumptions of being a Filipino heritage. And I'd never experienced that before. And rather than go to the church and sort of dig into my relationship with God or be honest with my parents, I decided that it was best for me to escape and try to feel acceptance and love in other ways. And so that is in when in my teen years, which I call my prodigal years up to my early 20s, was when I decided to lose myself in drinking and drugs and partying, getting fake IDs so I could go to the bars in Toronto, uh, you know, wanting the attention of men and, and realizing that just for a time that would make me feel good, but the next morning I'd feel empty again. Wow. And what's interesting is that, you know, I was really living a double life. Like I would go to church and youth group and college and careers group, and then I would go and party. 
and it, I guess that I would say that was exhausting because you're, you're trying to be two people and you can't do that for so long. I also didn't realize that my parents were praying for me every night because they didn't know where I was. And I believe that really saved me. I also, you know, witnessed so many things where my life could have ended or I could have been badly hurt and God would really save me in the bar. I would hear him say, Melinda, don't go there. Don't go with that person. And I would actually hear a voice or, or get a feeling and I would leave the club. So even in the midst of it, it was like God kept being present and pursuing. Um, and in that time, you know, I, because you can, you can't live this double life for so long. And there was that feeling that I just felt, you know, disappointed in myself and, and gross about myself. You know, I tried to take my own life in my, in my mid teens. And thankfully my mom found me and the hospital, you know, saved me from that and had to go through that whole kind of recovery of what that was, what I was doing, why I did that. I got into some really, you know, um, abusive relationships that again, feeling that I was only worth that stayed in that relationship. And so, you know, that, that was really hard. I mean, I had to deal with so many feelings of, you know, I wasn't worthy, my own self-worth, um, shame, not belonging. I mean, all of that I was carrying and yet I was going not to God, not to my family, not to my church, but to other places to fill the need. And I get it. I get it that, you know, people do that all the time. They want to lose themselves and feel good for a moment but it's not sustainable. It, it, it literally wrecks havoc on your soul. It's lonely and dark. It's hard. And through a really difficult circumstance where I had to come clean with my, my parents about my lying and my years of just, yeah, lies and hurt. I came to them and, and just this repentance, like, I'm so sorry that I've hurt you. And I know you love me and I've done all of this pain to you. And I'll never forget, you know, my dad saying, you are a daughter, we will love you forever. And you were forgiven. And that really changed uh, sort of the trajectory of my life, that kind of forgiveness. So I, I, you know, I went about my life and then, you know, was thinking this is the track I'm going on. I'm doing well. I'm with God. And then when I was 30, I really hit this wall and went into a really dark depression. Now, what led up to that, I think was, you know, I wasn't having a great time at work. I didn't have a great boss. I'd gotten hit by a transport truck on a major highway in Toronto. Wow. I also found my birth mother. We went through a seven month journey to find her and finding my birth mother was the most exhilarating experience, but it also, for somebody who's adopted, you kind of go through this this, this strange moment of that could have been my life and this is my life. And so there was a lot of emotion. And I went through what I would call the dark night of my soul, really dark eight months of just could not get out of bed in the fetal position and the struggle with, you know, here I am, you know, have made the decision to follow God and, and God's spirit is in me and I should have power, love and a sound mind. And yet I can't get out of bed. I'm in a fetal position. And you know, had to really work through that and thankful for a beautiful, loving community of followers of Jesus in my own church that sat with me and washed my hair and sang worship songs over me uh, and just really helped me. I had a great Christian counselor that helped me get through and really working on, you know, getting healthy mind, body and soul. 
Uh, and I think that was really important um, moment in my own life, not to go through that, but understand just this need of, of the need for people for me to slow down um, and for me to really dig into um, who God says I am and who sees me. Mm-hmm. So after that moment, uh, I, you know, I, I uh, an amazing experience where here I was sort of coming out of this depression and a mentor of mine called me because I had no idea what I was going to do in my life. And she said, God woke me up at 2 a.m. the other night and told me that I need to hire you. And I know you're in a depression and coming out of it, but he said that I need to hire you in media and television. And I know you have no experience in it, but God said so. Now this is wild because I have no experience in sort of media television broadcast. I didn't go to school for it. And there is God calling out (laughs) a mentor of mine in the night in a dream to say, hire Melinda. And that actually is the start of my media and television life. It, that's that's a pretty incredible story. Um, and again, even though I've been through these very difficult, hard times, it's like people over and over again, you know, came and said, I'm gonna help you and, and be with you. I wanna talk about uh, uh, rejection because uh, as we go to the show, somebody who's just joining us, they see, okay, Melinda now, she's on television, but they don't realize also you went through some kind of rejection, others personal, which you've uh, shared with us on this show about divorce, as well as uh, you pitched out your show and you got rejected. Can you talk about that a little bit as well? So the show, yeah. So, I mean, the show See Here Love came out of, you know, I was on a woman's show for seven years. That ended. And I realized that, you know, we needed a platform and a place in Canada for women, young women, uh, to share their stories, to learn from one another. And so I spent like a year working on it with girlfriends, uh, trying to get support from it and put together like a 16 page white paper to pitch this idea, this dream, this passion I had, this, this thing that I believe God was calling me to do. And when I went to pitch it uh, to the board uh, to say, I think this is something that, you know, we really need to do that you should get behind. Uh, the, the men all sitting sort of on the other side of the boardroom table push back my 16 page white paper proposal and said, we don't need a woman's show. We don't want a woman's show. We can do one better and it's a no. And again, rejection, like my heart dropped. I think what, I, what happened was I sort of personalized and was like, oh, they're rejecting me and maybe not so much the idea of a show but that was hard and what happened is after i i had to leave because i couldn't be in the building anymore and i heard god say you know this rejection of no is not a no it's a not yet yes a lot of times god will do that the timing wasn't right maybe i wasn't ready maybe i needed to tweak something but i found that over and over i kept hearing not yet it's not a no it's a not yet And so for three years, I sat on this dream and idea of See Here Love. And I worked in different um, other places and spaces that now when I look back were perfect to help me launch it. I worked in a leadership development facilitation organization. I worked in promotion for Christian movies across Canada. Like I actually was put into 
other roles and jobs that actually gave me skill to help me launch See Here Love three years later. And so there are times when you are rejected. It might just be a not yet. It might not be just a no. It might be a not yet. Sometimes it is a no. And then you have to sort of pivot and adapt and, and change, you know, what you're going to do. And, and I think many times it's a not yet. It's maybe in a different time or in a different space or place. Uh, but, you know, when it's a God dream and idea, nothing can stop it. And so I really believe that See Here Love was always going to happen. It just wasn't going to maybe be the time and the place that I wanted it to. So I hope that's hopeful for people because I think sometimes we get rejected. And we're like, oh, my goodness, that's the end of it, end of me, end of this dream, end of – I don't believe that. I believe it's like, wait, maybe take a time to pause and ponder and go, okay, if that's a rejection, then maybe let me look at some other things or maybe I need to be patient on timing, but I wouldn't give up on a dream that God has given to you. I was, as you were sharing there, as you're speaking, I was actually writing. I was writing on my phone here, busy writing. I wrote one powerful point you make, you make there. Actually, I titled it as um, Rejection Versus Timing. And then I write down here, sometimes you can be rejected not because your ideas are bad, but because it's not just yet time, like you shared. So that is so powerful. Now, let's go to this question here. Uh, 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 despite what you've gone through, you still continue to proclaim the good news, uplifting people, inspiring many people around the world. What are some of the key elements in your life that causes you to have this uh, unstoppable faith that despite what you're going through, you won't quit, you won't give up, you still pursue what God has called you to do. So talk to us about this unstoppable element in your life. I think, I think Jesus is amazing. I think the world needs to know about him and his character and how he loved and loves and lived in the world. I mean, when you look at Jesus' life, everything about him is so attractive, you know, for me. How he loved women, how he he's taught, how he spoke, how he was so inclusive of bringing all kinds of people to the table and for dinner. Who he hung out with. Uh, his hard call against the Pharisees who were, who were so religious. Uh, and that his primary... You know, message was love, love your neighbor, you know, love yourself, love your neighbor, love me. That message is transformational. And it's a message that is needed not only today when we see uh, just, you know, uh, the rise of, of racism and injustice and inequality, but it's a message for all time. And so I think in an unstoppable faith, you know, I've, I've seen and witnessed you know, and receive that love of Jesus, you know, him and I in, in our personal relationship, but also uh, seeing his love manifested through the church and community all throughout my life. You know, my family and my friends and my church were the ones that carried me and helped me through very difficult times. I am a big, you know, uh, supporter of when the church is the church, when the church opens its doors and arms to the least of these when the church stops judging and gossiping and wanting to know the news and business of people rather than serving and loving, the church is unstoppable. The church will change the world. 
and, and the people of the church will change the world by how they love and serve and include and open arms to people. I also know that, you know, for the past 25 years as I've been sharing my story and it's been difficult. I mean, believe me, it's not easy when you get up on stage when I first started and start talking mm -hmm. about I took my own, tried to take my own life or my abusive relationship I stayed in or a depression I went through or a divorce, a public divorce, like difficult, hard, personal things. And I want to say that, you know, there are times where I didn't share things because I thought people would judge me. And over and over, I would hear God say, Melinda, it's important that you share so that people don't feel alone, that they're not the only ones going through rejection or abandonment or abuse or low self-esteem or you know dreams broken or marriages broken or you know going to your vices rather than to Jesus like speak up and share your story so that others will be brave and share theirs or that others will step up and get help or others will choose to make right and better decisions and so you know my unstoppable faith comes from that I'm I am motivated and passionate to keep sharing the story of my story, but really the story of Jesus within my story and my story within Jesus' story in that way so that others will will know him, find him. Um, and so, you know, I think that those are elements of it. I, I think, you know, I've seen that happen in, in my friends and in my own life, in my family's life of people who chose to follow Jesus and have seen what can happen. And so I want to keep sharing that. And, and then, you know, my show is seen, heard and loved. Uh, you know, as I've been speaking, those are the three elements that people are lacking, that they're not seen, they don't feel heard and they don't feel loved. And so I want to keep making sure that as many people hear that message, that they are seen, that their lives matter here, mm -hmm. that even though people, you know, discount them because they're not pretty enough and not successful enough or not talented enough, uh, that their lives matter. God loves them. And heard is that everybody's story matters, that their voice matters, that that they shouldn't be shushed or silenced because of, you know, their gender or their skin color, but that they matter because they matter to God. And then, you know, the love part just you know, that God loves them, that they are loved, and that, you know, the the kind of um, encouragement to love themselves. I, I've met a lot of women who don't love themselves. They don't like this. And so I want to be, you know, sort of this hope giver and reminder uh, of the love of God and how that transforms how you see yourself and others. So I would say unstoppable faith. And I think, too, again, I just I love Jesus. Um, I want more people to know about, you know, the, the shalom and peace he brings, um, the love he brings, the hope he brings, the joy and freedom he brings, and healing and transformation. And it don't want to sound a cliche and like, oh, yeah, because, you know, when you follow Jesus, you know, life doesn't always end up so great. But you can get through when life doesn't go so great because God's Spirit's in you and helps you and guides and directs you, and I've seen that in my own life. And so I am just really just want to be a storyteller of my own life and what God has done in it. And that, I think, is what maybe makes me unstoppable because I'll keep shouting from the rooftops and from TV and radio and podcasts and YouTube this my story and his story together.
I'll keep shouting it from the rooftop. That's what it takes to be unstoppable. Hey, this is uh, so powerful. If you're just joining us, we're just about to go here. I'll be asking uh, Melinda to give us some uh, final thoughts here to encourage those who feel their ideas have been rejected, you feel overwhelmed. But I want to tell you about our book. If you haven't watched our first uh, segment that we did last time when Melinda, she was here with me, she's released a very powerful book, Always Know, See, Hear, Love is our TV show, inspirational and powerful stories that are shared. And I want you to connect with her on YouTube, or Facebook, uh, Instagram. I know you will, you will be empowered and impacted. Melinda, quickly here, we have three minutes exactly. I want you to just encourage that one person. They feel their ideas has been rejected. They feel like based on uh, how they look like, who they are, their accent, or whatever background, they feel like they can't fulfill their dreams. What could you say to them? I would say this, which was given to me when I was going through, you know, my, my divorce when my husband left me. And it was from a girlfriend who said, Today is not your forever. What you are experiencing today is not what you're going to be experiencing in <clears throat> two years or five years or even more, even tomorrow. But that today is not your forever. I, I think what I would say too is that you need to just keep pushing through. That God has given you everything to help you kind of like push through tough circumstances and get through the rejection. You know, he's given you promises. He's given you his spirit in you. Remember that like God's spirit is in you to help you to, to help you think differently about yourself, to kind of rise above ne neg negativity. Uh, he has equipped you with everything. I would also say that if you're not in a good group of people, a, your tribe, uh, your people, a good church that is life-giving and and outward looking, then, then pray and find a, a community, a church that is all those things, so that you can be a part of something vibrant and life-changing. And then I would say that, you know, if you've been rejected and you are hurting, you know, a lot of times the first place I would go is just in, in prayer and in talking with God. God, I need you. Maybe I don't feel you. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I need your help. Uh, give me some guidance, help me in directing me. And I would also say that a thing that's helped me too, I mean, these are very practical things, is I looked for a mentor, someone who is a bit older than me that could help help me in my journey. And they looked very different. It was like an, an older friend or somebody in the same in the same field of work that I did, but I was very intentional. And here's the thing. When you are going through these things, you have to make choices and be intentional. A lot of times I meet people and like, oh, life is like this and it's bad and I'm feeling this way. And I go, well, what have you done about it? What are you doing? And a lot of people say, oh, well, nothing. I, I can't or I don't know. And I always say that, you know, this life with Jesus is a life that is hard and good and wonderful and devastating all the things. But God has given you the tools to help you make choices and to make decisions that are good and know that he is with you. He is with you. And if you, even if you make maybe not the best choice in something, God can redeem it and change it. And yet it's, you're still good. You're still worthy and valuable. And so I want to I leave you with that. There's a lot of things practically that I have done in my own life. But 
one of the things is now I'm just staying the course with Jesus. I've got a great community of girlfriends and friends that keep me accountable and, and raise me up when I'm feeling exhausted. Um, I've got a great, you know, marriage where it's very honest in my conversation with my husband about how we're doing and temperature checks every week to check in. Not easy, uh, lots of work, but worth it. And I'm so thankful uh, to God for this moment in my life, just how he has redeemed and changed my life for good. Praise God, praise God. My sister, thank you so very much for coming on this uh, program today. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, and I hope to be back again soon. <laughs> you will be, hey, you, 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 my sister from another mother, and you know, you, just as you're sharing this, the, the tone from which you're sharing this, it is so impactful, mm -hmm. it is so uplifting, uh, and, uh, you know, with the success that you've had just, uh, you know, in television and ministry, for somebody to hear a voice like yours, you know, just stripe bare with your testimony and your struggles. It is really uplifting. It has uplifted me personally. And I'm going to have you back on this program. We'll be doing this, you know, with more topics to come. So it's exciting. I'm so thankful for you. And God bless you. And thank you once again. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being with you. And to our viewers, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord watch over you. And I encourage you to watch uh, um, a Kingdom Insight, where I bring you the teachings as we explore the context of the Bible. We've had such a great report. Many people are watching those programs all over the world and we have had uh, lots of emails and we thank you for that. Some actually are even using it in their Bible study. So God bless you. Until then, Shalom, Shalom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at and share your testimony.